Hey everybody, welcome. I am Stuart Cohen, your host of uh, Group Sales Power Hour. Our mission here is to help you build a bigger, better group business. And although things are sort of in this in-between stage right now, right, Britain? You just I think everyone's lives, let alone businesses, especially in travel, we're we're in this in-between. And I'm referencing that because I, I had the incredible opportunity to give a, a keynote address virtually for Amra Waterway. You know, it's all about what are we doing in this in-between time, right? Are we being prodigious? Are we being tenacious? Are we going to sit back and wait until the phone rings or are we going to start planting seeds now, redoing our, our business plan, uh, learning, getting new credentials? You know, there's a million things we could be doing. We could be running hard. We could be sprinting rather than sort of sitting it out and waiting. And that's why I brought you here today, Britain, because you have your own podcast, which I want you to tell us about. And you, yeah. I love the niche, like small ship cruising, but okay, tell me more. There's got to be more to it. So would you be so kind to introduce yourself to our awesome audience? Absolutely. And Dodger will introduce himself walking behind me as well. Um, my name is Britton Frost. I run two websites along with my dad, Ralph Grizzle, who is, uh, we're both travel journalists specializing in cruising. Um, one of our sites is River Cruise Advisor. And on that site, we focus specifically on river cruises. And then on our ocean cruise site, Avid Cruiser, we focus on mostly small ship and luxury ocean cruises, but we do do some larger ship coverage as well. Um, I also host a podcast called Avid Travel with Britain Frost. And there we talk about both river and ocean cruises, which cruises are the best for millennials, which itineraries are the best for first time cruisers. A lot of just basic information that, that strives to give you the information that you need to go to your client and say, this is the cruise that I think is for you. And our sites strive to do that as well. Um, and just, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. I'll say this again at the end. If you go to either River Cruise Advisor or avidcruiser.com, it is very easy to reach me. So if you have any questions after this segment, or if you have any questions about cruising, you can always contact me through the websites. That's awesome. And and if you didn't get, if you're listening now here in the audience or as a, a podcast, we'll we'll put the URL in the show notes so you can you can visit her and uh, see the the podcast channel. And I, I really love the fact also that you're focused also on helping the travel advisor grow their business, be more successful. And you have a specific niche. I mean, one of the things I preach all the time is that, hey, travel entrepreneurs, the more specific you are in this business, then people will know when they need you or not. And so what just you tell me what, what brought you to to this particular segment? I know Ralph, his focus is river cruising and he he's been on the, the, the show. He's been a part of the group sales success summit, too, as, as you were. Mm -hmm. But what brought you here, especially? I got it. You know, as you're a millennial, yeah, you're you're one of them. Yes, I am almost too young to be a millennial, which was shocking <laughs> to me when I found that out. But I am right. right on the cusp. I think I was born in '95, and that's just yeah. right there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had a lot to do with my dad and his interest, um, because he he owns the business, and so we kind of ended up in this segment. But the he realized that in river cruising, you know, in the early 2000s when he started this, that there was just this opportunity where he had gone on a river cruise, loved it, reached out to these companies and started working closely with them because river cruising has completely, as some of you may know, just blown up over the past couple of years. And you look at these ship, these companies who are christening seven ships a year. Viking, right. you know, it right. continually sets records for how many river cruise ships. So there is an extreme demand for river cruising. So we were lucky to get into that, but it, it didn't start that way. We started when I was little, we were sailing on Carnival and Royal Caribbean uh -huh. and Disney right. and big, big ships all the time. And then I think my dad realized that there was this luxury market that wasn't as heavily marketed that maybe needed some help and also those are the cruises that he likes to do because he prefers that small ship environment and I'm 
kind of the same way, but I don't mind doing a couple of bigger, bigger okay. ship sailings either. All right. You, you, you. But yeah, it's important said... to look at who needs, who needs that, who needs sure. to be built up, right? Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. You're, you're both in sort of the right place at the right time. And to get your perspective, Britton, uh, is, is, is very important. And, you know, we're here to talk mainly about groups, but of course we do business coaching in general here. And we're going to come back to this in a minute, but you said an important word. You used the word luxury. And I mm -hmm. have yet to meet a travel advisor who has said, nope, I don't want luxury. Give me the cheap stuff that's all I'm going to sell. You know, round trip, sat down the ferry with a free hot dog and a sleeping bag. No, nobody wants to do cheap. Everybody wants luxury. The problem is we're not willing to really define it enough. And I think that's something we're going sure. to accomplish on today's conversation. Uh, if I'm going to ask you, well, what does luxury mean in these segments? Of course, the first question is going to be to really define small ship because you could have small ship, big ocean, small ship, small body of water, even river. Uh, but before that, I just want to do a shout out to uh, some of our friends who are here in, uh, in in the virtual world here. Diane's in the house and oh, Diane says it's 82 degrees in Miami. So right now, Diane, I think you take the cake because where Linda is, it's 20 degrees with snow and Hans I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks in Cancun we have a, a like Marshev and I are doing our mastermind yay finally in Cancun and I suppose it's got to be in the 80 in the 80s there every day and Hans also made a, a very nice comment about Ralph Ralph Grizzle uh he has one of the best river cruise books available and he does thank you and we are currently we are currently overhauling that entire book just so everyone who's read the book or is interested in the book, it's a great resource and we are completely redoing it for 2021. We thought we were just going to go through and make some some changes that were that needed to be made, but we went through and we just realized how much we've learned over the past couple of years and how many things have truly changed. And so we are we are really overhauling that book for 2021, but keep an eye out for that because it is well, an incredible good. resource. That's great. And you know, I think all travel, especially now on the other side of this crisis, we're gonna see some differences, some nuances, right? And mm -hmm. some enhancements. So you're probably mm -hmm. gonna to have to re-edit it again as things yeah. change because the beautiful part is, is that these companies, um, uh, they, they have to deliver exceedingly fabulous satisfaction or else nobody comes back, which means you have to keep ahead of the times. You can't react, you have to proact, especially in, 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 in this sort of this in-between right now. So if you're here as a guest, if you'd be so kind, if you have a comment, if we have a question, let your fingers do the typing. This is not a Zoom thing where we can see you, you can see us, but, but participate, engage, ask questions, give us an anecdote, share a story. And uh, you've got, she's an expert in this field. So we wanna make sure that you get your, your questions answered and I want to start off first with if you would define small ship, because I don't know too many, specifically of my boot campers, really, who have said to me, Stuart, we, this is what our specialty is. So, so kind of put up a, a framework around small ship cruising. What is it? Then we're going to go to, uh, we'll go into the specifics of who it's for and group opportunities. I want to get everybody excited here and inspired. Maybe, maybe you'll leave this today saying, wow, I never thought of that. I'm going to try that because it's now one more thing, Britain, because sure. it's what I call a, a blue ocean, blue ocean. You see, when it comes to marketing, whether it's travel or not, there's the red ocean approach to your business and there's a blue ocean. And now when I use the word ocean here, it has nothing to do with bodies of water. It has everything to do with red meaning it's doggy dog, it's rat race, it's highly competitive, it's it's price driven, commodity driven, and that's the travel advisors who fall into the generalist category. And then you have mm -hmm. the blue ocean, which is smaller, and it's not a bloodbath, it's 
it's not as competitive and that's where travel advisors really need to be carving out a niche and small ship cruising could be it so take it away give it give us a definition of what is small ship cruising I, I'm going to answer that, but first I do want to go back to your luxury point that you made a few minutes yes. ago, because luxury and small ship, as far as I'm concerned, tend to go hand in hand. When you make a ship smaller, a lot of these smaller ships have more crew, you get a higher passenger to crew ratio. And so for me, that is the pinnacle of the luxury experience is to not be on a large ship where I'm waiting in a line of 25 people to get a drink. I wanna be sitting by the pool. I want someone to come up to me. I don't wanna to have to move. And yes, I am spoiled in that way. And I have been since I was a teenager because my dad has this lovely job and now I have this lovely job. But I do think that at the same time, while I see that as luxury, there are plenty of people who see plenty of people my age who are just getting out of college dorm rooms, who see a Royal Caribbean cruise as luxury, who see a carnival cruise as luxury, who want a drink package, who want who want this these buffets. And so luxury, like expensive, is a relative term. But when I talk about luxury, I tend to separate ships into three categories. So we, on my sites, I focus on premium, upper premium, and luxury. And I would say that the, the mainstream cruise lines that fall into the luxury sector are Regent, Silver Sea, Seabourne, and Crystal. And then you also have smaller ships like Ponant, Sea Dream. But when you, when you look at a small ship, and then as you mentioned, we also have river cruises, which we'll talk about in a second, but I'm going to talk about big ship, our small ship ocean right now. A small ship technically means anything under a thousand people. And if you look at someone who's coming from a river cruise to an ocean cruise, they will say, I'm not going on a Viking ship with 750 or a thousand passengers because that's not a small ship to me. I want to go on a Penant sailing that's 250 passengers or 300 passengers, or I want to go on one of these new yachts that's being that's been built. I want to go on Sea Dream, which is a, a hundred passengers on some of their ships. We look at Ponant has a yacht whose passenger capacity, I think, is like 32 or 36. And then you have, so small ships can mean so many different things. And I think that you touched on that is like, what is a small ship experience? And I think that that oftentimes has to be defined by the consumer, because if you're used to going on a 6,000 passenger ship, yes, a celebrity ship, a 2,000 passenger ship is going to be smaller. And what does small exactly mean? On the river cruise vessels, you're never looking at more than 200 passengers on board. And then you can get even smaller in the river cruise sector in looking at barges, where some of those carry only 16 to 20 passengers. And so, yes, a small ship is technically less than 1,000, but can be as few as just a couple of dozen. Right. But beautiful. Well uh, explained. And I'm so glad that you addressed that the word luxury, right? It, it means so many different things to, to different people. And it's up to the advisor to, on a person by person basis, understand, ascertain what is luxury to you. I mean, I, I want to know, travel advisors, when's the last time you specifically, yeah, looking at you, advisors, When's the last time you said to you said to a consumer, what does luxury mean to you? And if they said, oh, I want vast buffets and I want the drink package, it's not your job to say, really? Mm -hmm. it, it's not spas and and yoga class and 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 all these you know special uh, uh, dietary considerations where where there's low fat or this or that. No, you're not the one making a judgment call because that's what it means to them. And especially though, if you can actually have a niche, so you become a specialty in something as uh, Britain is talking about, then they'll know they need you because that's that's what you're spent. You're the one who can answer. Okay, when I say I'm a luxury travel advisor, let me tell you what that means. 
-hmm. So uh, we have a question here from Zakiev that says, do you see, do you, have you seen a lot of groups on river cruises? I know you've been on a lot. I, I don't know if you've kept count. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting to hear how many yeah. uh, I'm about to do my fourth. But she asks, do you have you seen a lot of groups on river cruises? And and I can answer part two to this. Do the companies offer incentives for group bookings? And I can tell you absolutely. Yes, there are group contracts yeah. that, that right. The contracts were different from big ship to river cruise ship. But absolutely, there are incentives. There are um, opportunities. And in fact, you can do, and you mentioned charter early, which we'll get to for, I, I've mm -hmm. done a partial ship charter on Amra waterways. I'm doing a second one in July, 2022, which is an altogether other option. But what's your experience seeing groups on river cruises? All the time. I mean, regardless, I, usually when you're looking, I, I don't know, I think this is right from my experience working with the cruise lines. Usually when you're looking at those incentives from the cruise companies, you're looking at booking about 10 people. Do you find that that's accurate? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Five so stadiums, you, 10 people. So you have, you have small, small groups and that can be families or, or things like that. Or you can look at doing ship charters. I was on a trip in right April of 2019, I was on an AMA ship and there was a group of advisors that were on board. And I will say that it, it makes a lot, it makes a difference when there are big groups of people who know each other. The river cruise becomes more lively in my experience when there are big groups of people. And so I do, I see that often. I see that people like to travel on river cruise ships. Most of the time when I get, cause we do like quote requests on my site. So people will say who they're looking to travel with and then we'll send that information off. But most of the time people are traveling in at least one couple. And so it's really easy then to say, you as a consumer are going to get a discount for group booking likely as well. And so how many more couples can you bring on? So it's easy to put these groups together as well, even if you're finding people who want to sail at the same time and, and just putting them together that way, apart from having groups of people that are already established. Um, but I do, I do see a lot of groups and we do hosted trips where there are groups as well. And so I, I see a lot of that on the rivers for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I just want to add a, a comment there. No, no doubt when you talk small ship, whether it's a small ocean or river cruise ship, uh, keep in mind, everybody, that you have to assess if, if it's a group and they have specific activities or events they need to host, uh, make sure that there is space available, that it can be done because on a river cruise ship, space is very limited, you know. Uh, if you're lucky, you could, like on AMA, they have this chef's table room, right, at the uh, aft on the ship. You can, because uh, we did, we had seminars back there when I, one of my earlier cruises with them. But that's important, too. Make sure that the group you may be thinking about can do like Danny, I know you do your photography workshops. Oh my goodness, that's magnificent because almost every day, well, every second of every day, there's something to look at, take pictures of. But just make sure that the activity, the events are going to match what can and cannot be done on a smaller vessel. Make sense? Yeah, I mean, as you said, on some of the river cruise ships, you're only looking at having one or two restaurants on board and then a lounge maybe a library. Um, and so on some, I mean, on, and then when you look at Crystal and Uniworld and Tauk, you do have those multiple dining venues or Ama Magna that has five dining venues, Ama Waterways, double wide river vessel. Um, but you want to, yes, make sure that the facilities are appropriate. One thing that I wanted to add to, because I was thinking about this when you were asking me about luxury and small ships is, and, and when looking at groups is how customizable cruising is. And so that is another reason that it's really good for groups. When looking at river cruises, I would suggest looking when you're booking a group for a river cruise company like AMA, like Avalon, like Uniworld, one that, one that includes multiple excursions in every port. So AMA Waterways has active excursions. 
Um, Avalon has Avalon Choice Program, and so they have an active discovery and classic excursion in almost every port. And then they have these active and discovery sailings, which are really good for people that want to sail with their children or people who are younger. And so when you're putting these groups together, I think that it's really important to make sure that there's variety on the ship and that everyone isn't going to have to go do the same tour because it's not one size fits all. I mean, there are definitely tours that I see that I don't want to do. And so if I were in a group and we were all expected to go out during the day, I would like to have those options. Um, but just apart from excursions, it's customizable in, in experience. Like we talked about luxury. Does your client want a ship where they're going to have a butler on board? There are so many factors and you can really kind of hone in to what your client wants, what your client sees as luxury, what kind of vacation they want and that's something that I really love about cruising is that there are so many different different types and different experiences I would believe too that because you're dealing with a smaller vessel that the the level of communication with uh, with the, the the team the group coordinator and to get special stuff done might be a little bit easier because they're not dealing with, uh, well, man, we got 5,000 guests on this ship. But we got we got 5,000 requests. We just can't do it, uh, even though they have more venue space. I know from my cruise, because you, you, one of the things I teach Britain is that travel professionals should not be selling the off-the-shelf, bare-bone, stripped-down product with a group because then it just beca it's, it's becomes the same price everyone else is selling. Well, well, why should I book through you? That we have to value it up, package it up. And even though river cruising, mm -hmm. to your point, is so much more inclusive, like it offers included excursions that people have a choice, you still need to get creative. You still need to have conversations uh, with headquarters and say, listen, I've got six people. I've got 12. I've got... I had 23 people. What can we do special? Uh, they've got ideas. There, there is stuff that that can be done that can that that can make your package a little different, a little special, and make it more saleable, more attractive. And so somebody would say, "All right, I don't need to go look and price shop because I need to come with this group uh, because we're going to do something special, like having." You have enough people. You can take that on AMA, for instance. You can take that restaurant and take it over for one night. Or you can have work with them to arrange a private lunch at a restaurant in one of the cities that you're visiting. So yeah. any thought any more thoughts on 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 like you know on packaging, on making it special? I no, I completely agree with you. I think that the cruise companies, especially river cruise companies and, and these smaller ship companies, are really eager to work with people. When you're looking at a bigger company, it's hard. It's hard to get in touch with people. Um, but when you're looking at these river cruise companies specifically, it is always so easy for me to just set, email someone a question. You know, it's very, very easy to get in contact with people. And so I, I like that advice of just reaching out. And you have wonderful, on every river cruise, I don't think I've ever been on a river cruise and had a cruise director that I was like, eh, they're okay. It's like everyone was like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. They're, I love them. You know, it's like they become part of the family. And so they're, they're able to enhance the experience significantly. But yes, you have to ask for what you want and, and let them know what your who your group is and and what they like to do but and that on that ama viola trip that i mentioned earlier with all the agents like our cruise director took them all off to go play a soccer game one day because they wanted to do that because they were all young and so it's just things like that fun things like that can happen you just have to try to make them work right i love it it's, re it's really exciting to think about the possibilities which really are infinite it's just only based on our our ability to uh, envision something fun and different uh hans uh mm -hmm. well look, i'm gonna get to your question in just a second hans zakia said hey that's a nice group easy to put together right so all of a sudden we're seeing that the big ships i, I don't know why we sort of 
feel compelled. Well, we need the big group, you know, that's how we're going to make the money. It's got to be big. And I, I always say it's not about quantity. It's about quality and the margins, friends, the profit margins on the small ship cruises. You heard Britain name those luxury lines and river cruising. You, you don't, you can make the same profit at the end of the day. Okay. The same net profit with a group of six staterooms as you might with a group of 40. I'm just, you know, maybe I'm mm -hmm. embellishing a bit, but I mean, not be no, too far I from think you're right. Depending on, depending on which sides we're looking at, if we're looking extreme, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Linda adds here, luxury to me and my family was a balcony on carnival. Right. So you're absolutely yep. right. Uh, listen, I have dear friends and their favorite cruise line happens to be celebrity and they are definitely luxury travelers, but they stay up in the, uh, you know, the, the higher suites where they have the private areas. The so, retreat. And, uh, yes. The retreat. As it's called on celebrity. Yes. Yeah. And it's beautiful because it, it is a very special, unique experience. And to them, that's luxury, although you may not compare that celebrity. And I used to work for celebrity, near and dear to my heart, still to this day, that you may not consider even their newest class of, of ship uh, luxury, like a, like a Sea Dream or a Region. However, if you're at that level, it's an altogether different consumer experience. Hans uh, has a question for you. What do you think about small ship cruising here in the U.S.? such as American Queen Steamboat Company and American Cruise Line. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I have hopefully a trip that I'm hosting with American Cruise Lines in July. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But I think that especially right now, it's a really good time to explore cruising within the United States. And you have these companies, you have UnCruise, who UnCruise, American Cruise Lines, these might be the only ships that can go to Alaska this year too, we have to think about, is that some of these small ship US-based cruise lines are going to be the only shot for people to get to Alaska now that Canada has closed down cruise travel, depending on what happens there. And so I think that, especially with all the uncertainty about going to Europe, I have so many people who are emailing me now, I have a trip booked at this point in the year, should I go ahead and reschedule or should I wait? My advice, for those questions is just always to wait and see what the cruise line does, because if you're going to be able to go, you're going to be able to go. But right. for people who are worried about getting to Europe and those concerns are, are building, um, I think that it's a great option for people to look close to home and go somewhere where they're not flying over the ocean and worried about coming home or worried about having to quarantine. Um, and there are so many options. I think a lot of the time when we think about small ship cruising in the United States, we think about these river cruises, we think about the Columbia Snake and we think about the Mississippi, but there are so many coastal cruises as well. There are so many options. You have the upper Mississippi, the lower Mississippi, you have all these segments of rivers as well. So there is so much more than, than what a lot of us think when we think that. And so I think that those are great options as well. I have heard from a few friends in the industry um, that they were not as pleased with the service on some of those ships as some of the European river cruises, but firsthand experience, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I haven't, Ralph, I haven't heard Ralph say the same thing either. So I think it, again, just depends on your expectations, but those ships are bigger than the European river cruises as well. So it is a completely different experience, but it is still a small ship and a great experience. And I think that, we often look, just to to go off for a second, we often look at Europe as this kind of mecca of history, and we look at it as being transported into another world. And a lot of us forget this history that we have right in our backyards. And so to do a Mississippi cruise can be really eye-opening in that way as well, or to do a Columbia snake cruise. You learn all this history that you probably learned as a child, but maybe forgot about. And so that's special as well to kind of get this American history enrichment um, that I, I tend to forget about traveling through France and Germany. Right, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's a really great question that uh, about US river cruising. I, I do agree. I think we're going to see uh, a real big bump in that. And those travel professionals who are ready, meaning 
they're well trained they understand how it works they understand the product uh, they become an expert uh, and, and market as such they'll get it I I just read just the other day here in Memphis that I don't remember which line it was they've made they're making a bigger commitment to the Memphis New Orleans cruise that run which that's on my list I can drive to the port I've never lived in a port city ocean port city I do live in a river cruise port city and I love it when back in the day I was downtown off Beale Street or hanging out downtown on the river and those ships would come in and people were coming to, to tour my hometown which is kind of cool kind of nice and I, I think yeah. that's a great opportunity for for groups whether it's short term for you friends short term if they if they're not in the mood to fly make big commitments to travel overseas it could be long term too who knows that could be your that could be your niche uh gail you have a great question here and and diane you made a comment before i do that we're about at the half and i just want to remind everybody of something that's coming up that's really big uh while i give britain a chance to what were you, you eating an orange before? No coffee, no I tea, orange? Or I, can I can finish my orange right now while you speak, if you'd like. <laughs> go, go, go right ahead. Uh, so I just want to remind everybody right now, and then, Gail, we're going to start off with your question, uh, that we do have Boot Camp Live. And Boot Camp Live is sort of replacing Group Sales Boot Camp, which has been around since 2015. It's going to be an all-live virtual event. Uh, all of you, my dear boot campers, I love you. and since you're already in boot camp you get the invitation uh, you'll get the special private link and uh, group boot camp live is going to be nine hours over three days of my best training that is march 23 24 25 june 1 2 3 if you are a subscriber to my podcast thank you use the promo code friends 299 friends 299 i usually never make sales pitches I never make sales pitches during these, Britain, but I, I this is a big event, man. I'm going to be going three days, three half days, three hours a day. I, I want to be talking to hundreds of people because we, groups are going to bounce back bigger. There's going to be a higher crescendo than ever, ever before. I truly believe that. So let's come on back to Gail's question here. Is the cruise director not an employee of the line in some cases should they be tipped for each service or at the end they can really make the trip special if they are separate if they are separate employees how would be sure they are taken care of i've never heard that question before what do you what do you think Britain? cruise lines have tipping guidelines generally um when you're looking at certain cruise lines they already have gratuities included and so there are usually specific guidelines for you're tipping this amount for the crew per day and this amount for the cruise director per day per person um and you can choose to prepay those you can choose to pay them afterward and some lines like Riviera is a, a UK based cruise line. They don't expect gratuities. And so I think that there are these guidelines, there are these suggestions, but ultimately it's up to the consumer. I usually, I usually tip based off of the guidelines. Um, but if you receive incredible service, I mean, feel free to, I know a lot of people end up tipping cruise directors more at the end of the trip because they do so much. Um, and are so engaged constantly and, and becomes so such a part of the family almost. So, right. But yes, the cruise lines will generally let you know how to, how to uh, yeah. navigate that. It's a, it's a great question, Gail. I, I, I can only tell you in my experience with, with Alma, the cruise manager uh, is an employee. They're part of the family. And uh, I, for my groups, I have always, included the gratuities in the price because I, I try to make it easy this was my friends and family britain just so you know i i i do this with friends and family only uh because i'm not i'm not i don't own a travel agency never have this is just something i i i do because i love river cruise and i got friends and family who are jealous they're like mm -hmm. we want to come too before you know it you got a group 
idea idea travel yeah. advisors you know i say to you every podcast i say to you how many groups are you leading next year and in 2023 and in 2024 you should be leading yourself at least one group going where you want to go where you'd love to go and let friends and family come with you you'll be surprised unless you're not fun because if you're not fun nobody's going to come with you but i have a good, i know i know so many of you you're fun and you're interesting um and just so, as far as the employment question goes as well it, it, it varies per cruise line some um some cruise lines don't their crew is complete their entire crew is completely employed by another so it just depends right it does vary so you should know before you go check that out but it definitely a great question and if you are putting the group together yourself it's your job to know the answers to all of these questions so that you're prepared and i always say make it as seamless easy as possible so when i uh I, I like to, with my family who's coming on this, I say, listen, I'm, I'm going to give you a number here. And that number includes the gratuities. However, you want to have cash on hand for the individual tour guides, right, Britain? Because in every, especially in a river cruise, um, you, you're going to have a local tour guide who they live there and they're showing you their hometown. And it is appropriate, uh, in my experience, to have mm -hmm. uh, to thank them for their personal services so i always tell them and coaches them. as well some cruise some cruise companies like the employees they own coaches that follow them the whole ride um and and those are employees of the cruise line but sometimes they are getting different buses in every port as well um so yes you want to you want to tip them as well be so, ready yes yep. always carry cash yep and, and it's some countries carry change for the bathrooms <laughs> because it's right some of the public toilets are pay toilets and if you talk about luxury for a second one of my favorite stories is that my father went on a talc cruise and they were on a tour and he they they were they gave them coins to go to the bathroom and he always uses that as an example of this is how inclusive talc's product is is that they gave us change to go to the toilet so <laughs> there you go uh diane adds i had a client that took a cruise on american queen and they said it was great and they have taken yeah. other river cruises in europe so you know what a great crossover friends that's great mm -hmm. diane thanks for for sharing that and gail uh adds in go ahead I am seeing so much Mississippi interest right now, just with my readers, people who are coming to me for quote requests. And I probably this week alone have gotten about seven or eight Mississippi, um, which is substantial. So people are looking to cruise close to home. So it is something really important to keep in mind. Yep, I, I, I do wanna, I wanna read this comment from Gail. I do want to start talking more about the people in your experience britain and having having traveled sure. on small ships as well i'm going to next i'm mm -hmm. going to ask you about how can everyone who's listening right now identify if they may have people on their list clients unclients as i like to say and by the way unclients are consumers who have already paid they've come back from their trip and they don't have another trip pending so they're an unclient until such time they deposit on a new trip how can they recognize this person maybe you can paint a picture of that ideal candidate for a small ship cruise first a question uh, a comment from gail yes with a group it's it's nice to have all that done meaning the gratuities and she suggests to people uh to to bring a little extra to take extra care of them uh, to acknowledge when they go the extra mile and i i think that's a beautiful thing to do and i heck i know some people the, the minute they get on board that ship or to the hotel if you have a hotel with butlers or you know personal service you tip up front you say listen right you, we've we've all maybe we've done it at restaurants you, you walk in the door say listen i'm giving you this now thank you for taking great care of us and there you go you know so mm -hmm. let's talk about mm -hmm small ship cruising and i know there's small ship big ocean river cruise um give us a general idea of how our travel advisors can recognize somebody who might be ideal 
for a small ship and never thought of it before. Well, it's these questions of demographics, right? It's it's hard. It's like I mentioned earlier, cruising is this extremely customizable experience. And I'm going to go back to my Ama Viola trip for one second because it was just such a unique group of people. I was not used to seeing that many young people on board a river cruise. I was not used to seeing a river cruise that lively. And not to say that they're not usually lively, but this just really kicked it up a notch. And I was on board with a 16-year-old kid who was on his spring break with his mother. And I said, well, how did you get him to do this with you? And she said, it was his idea. He loves history and he loves World War II history. And he wanted to come on the Danube so that he could see Germany and Austria. And we ended up going on a hike and there were only three of us on this hike. And he kind of got the tour guide, the Austrian tour guide, who we were not on any sort of war tour, but to, to, to answer his questions because it was just the three of us. And so this kid was the perfect river cruise client, you know, and you really have to look beyond an age group or a, a mode of travel that's, that's comparable. You have to look at people and say, are you going to be comfortable in an environment that's a little bit smaller, maybe? Um, if you have people who are a big ship ocean cruisers and complain about things like paying for extras or people hassling them about buying meal plans and dining packages and drink packages, those are the people that you want to kind of steer in another direction. Or I think that it really depends on on what what the experience is. And so for these small ships, even those can be, as we mentioned earlier, broken up to, into so many segments. I have plenty of people who love river cruising and dislike barges because they they don't like how small that ship is. So how much smaller can someone go? How much smaller do they want to go? Do they want to go from 6,000 passengers to 2,000 passengers? Is that enough of a step down? Or are they looking for something where they're only sailing with 200 other people. And it's it's hard for me to answer that question, quite frankly, because there are so, so many different groups of people who I think are perfect. So many groups of people come to mind. Yeah, I, I think you answered it 100% correct. And I had no doubt because it's it's up to the individual preference. Clearly, friends, if you hear, if you're talking to a prospect and they, they, they're looking for something a little different or they, they you know, you, you got to listen for key words that indicate they're either looking for something different, something new, tired of what they've been doing, uh, then, then this should be on your radar to offer. And I must tell you that you can't just say the word to a consumer now. You can't just say the word small ship. They don't know, understand what that means. Now, we're talking features here with Britain right now, right? But what, what you need to do, because you have the direct contact with the consumer, it needs to be the benefit. So, Because if you just say, hey, how, would you consider a small ship? Oh, I don't know. That, that, no, I don't want to go. What is it going to be, a rowboat? That's too small. No, 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 no. Could you imagine being with you know only... 120 of your closest friends on a, a, I don't know what the Silver Sea is, what the, you know, what the capacity is with some of these yachts. I know I was on Sea Goddess. I don't know if it was one or two, but it, oh my goodness, that was an experience like no other. I remember every detail of it, every detail. So make sure you define clearly in terms of benefits, the experience, the feeling that they're going to get on a Small ship, don't just leave small ship hanging out there until you define it. What will that feel like? What what will that experience be versus what maybe they've already been doing? And and, and also you're gonna find a lot of people like, oh no, I'm not interested in cruising. I don't want to be in a, a ship, you know, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand people. Oh, okay, I've got a solution for you. It, you could still be at sea. You can only be, you know, 100, 200. How, how would that sound? Oh, really? Now you got my interest. I didn't know it existed. A lot of people don't even know. 
Mm-hmm. And that's and, what I was, that's the point that I was going to make too, hearing you speak is that a lot of people say, well, cruising isn't for me. And what, what image of cruising is coming to mind? Are you thinking about cruising isn't for me because there are children flying around on water slides? Okay, well then probably not, probably that type of cruising is not for you. It's not for me either, to be honest. And I st- I specialize in cruising. I cruise all the time. There are certain ships that I do not like to be on. There are certain staterooms that I do not like to be in. I, It's totally preference, but there are so many different, it's like, oh, I don't like staying in hotels. I do not like staying in a Motel 8. Do you like staying in the Ritz-Carlton? It's like, there are, there is so much room there. Right. Yep. There's, there's so much. And, and really that's what you signed up for friends is to really make sure you deliver the right product, the right experience so that they come back saying, ha ha, I can't wait to go back again. This was sublime. I've never had this experience before. Um, I, let, let's talk. You also specialize. You talk a lot too about millennials. Well, let's just say young professionals as a demographic, mm-hmm. as a category of traveler. I I have so many questions to ask about that, but I I want to give you some time to define that for us. And what does it mean? What does it look like? Uh, what are their likes and dislikes? It's a big question. We could spend a whole hour talking about that, but I I want everyone to understand that. When we say niche, you, you could specialize in a particular product, a specific destination, or a specific demographic, a specific age group. Maybe it's young professionals. Can you describe that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I wrote a story the other day on one of my sites, and it was called the Top Five cruises for millennials. And someone commented on my story. I mentioned Virgin Voyages. I mentioned Celebrity. I mentioned all of these different cruise lines. And someone commented and said, well, what about Seaborn and Silver Sea? They might not be as woke as some of these other companies, but they're still great experiences. Of course, they're great experiences. But I know very few people my age who are going to be able to afford that. And so it's important to look at price as well when you're looking at young people apart completely from the experiences. And a lot of these cruise companies like Virgin, who is coming out with a ship that hasn't come out yet, are taking that into consideration. They are catering toward millennials in activity and also in price where you have five night sailings that are less than a thousand dollars. And so I think that it's important to look at activities on board, but it is also very important to factor price in. There are certain millennials, I would consider myself one of them, who like to be on river cruises with older passengers, who like to be on Silver Sea and Seabourn and have lectures and be enriched and not really party as much. So again, it depends, but we are seeing this market now of cruise companies who are catering toward millennial travelers. I'll go back to Celebrity for a minute as an example, because one of my favorite ships that I've been on recently was Celebrity Edge. That was in 2018. I was supposed to go on the sister ship Celebrity Apex in 2020. That got canceled because of COVID, of course, but I was so excited to get back on that ship. And I have a friend who's a cruise journalist, Fran Golden. Some of you might be uh, familiar with her name. And she's, you know, two times my age plus a little. I love you, Fran. Um, but she was like, I don't get this experience. And it is not, celebrity is not catering toward their demographic. They are trying to do something else. And I said, and that's the point, you know, they, I had the best time as a young person because this was something completely different than what I had seen before. There were immersive theater experiences. There are these interesting cocktails. The ship itself is so modern and a lot of times when you're looking at millennial travelers, you're like, what is the most Instagrammable destination? As stupid as it sounds, what is the most Instagrammable destination and the most Instagrammable ship? And that is something that I think Celebrity definitely took into consideration with those ships. You also have Uniworld has a river cruise product for millennials called You, and those ships have matte black exteriors. They're all black and white with pops of color and neon signs. And that enough for a lot of people my age is a selling point. How does it look? When I'm looking at going to stay in an Airbnb somewhere, I do look through the pictures because I'm like, what kind of post can I make? Because a lot of people my age who want to travel, 
our influencers as well and things like that and and want to build up a social following and traveling is a great way to uh brag on social media so there are so many different factors there as well but i think that some of these ships just in appearance alone have catered toward young people they have drag what, what? queen themed sailings and <laughs> tattoo themed sailings and things like that i mean it's definitely there's definitely a market there so yeah this this is so enlightening for me as well i hope everyone who's listening right now instagrammable that that whole new right of the young professional millennial that, that age category if you yeah. will uh they they pay attention to different things, right? And uh, if if you're listening right now, and either that has been your target or you wanted to be your target, that that's an important part of this. And it's different from the um, you know, people in my age category, where you know, my kids when they heard I was in Snapchat, they were like, Dad, no, 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 no. And I, you know, I love it, but. We, we need to understand where each age group, where our heads are at. And I'm going to take it a step further now. As an agency owner, you need to make sure you talk the talk, walk the walk, don't just talk the talk, meaning your social presence, your website, you, you need to have that look, right? So as Britain is describing what these cruise lines do visually, and experientially you you need to be able to adapt that for your look as well you need to look the part you can't say oh yeah we specialize in young professionals and millennials and go to your website and it's from the 1930s <laughs> i'm just saying right it's it's got to talk no, to you exactly yeah there is so much with my age group and as i said it 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 sounds horrible to say, but that is based off of appearance, that is based off of, yeah, how, do, how does the ship look? How does your website look? How does your business card look? What, you know, things like it's, we do care about it because when you see something that's really modern, you automatically associate that as something that's, or I automatically associate that as something that's made, that's targeted toward me, that's targeted toward my age group. And so something as simple as that can be a selling point for a cruise company, for you as an advisor, for me as an expert, you know, it's, there's, yep. there's so much to that. Stuart, before yep. we move on, if we have another question, I do want to give a shout out to Riviera because I want to talk about solos for a second. Yes, Solo please. Group. Yes. I, I think that's something that I often didn't think about is with cruising, you have this solo supplement. And for those of you who book cruises, who know about cruises, you're familiar with this. Essentially, you're looking at sometimes paying 200% of your cruise fare. You're paying your rate per person times two because you're taking a state, an entire stateroom. Um, so it's hard to book groups sometimes that have solo travelers. Now, there are certain cruise companies that have solo travel promotions. Tauk, I know, has a select number of solo cabins on itineraries. That, But I want to talk about Riviera because Riviera has solo-only departures. And Riviera also has a select number of solo cabins on every single itinerary that they offer. And so these solo only sailings are a great time to get groups of single people together and no one pays a solo supplement on those sailings and even if you have this is the thing that i didn't think about until recently if i have three girlfriends that want to travel together they might not all want to share a stateroom and so to be able to split them up into these separate cabins on these solo only sailings is a good selling point so i didn't want to leave our time here without mentioning that because i think that riviera really does have an advantage when it comes to solo travelers so if you have people looking for solo i would just recommend that you take a look at riviera because they're a lesser known company for u.s yeah. advisors Brilliant. i so glad that you, you forwarded that because uh, uh, it, it's an, another opportunity that we may not be aware of. So, you know, some of these smaller niche brands, I don't really like calling them suppliers. I, I, 
brands is a lot sexier. Uh, they're out there and they may not be preferreds if you're with a consortia or with a host, maybe they are, but you need to, you need to keep your eyes open for this because that'll again help you put you in that blue ocean, if you will, to have that specialty and to you know, pursue with greater success. Having the right brands at your disposal is your preferreds operating in your niche uh, in the small ship market. There's uh, I, 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 one final question I think we're going to end with, and, and we only have, oh my goodness, four minutes left. Hey, friends, last minute for questions and comments. Type it in quick now. I want to remind everybody that Britain's podcast is called Avid Traveler, Avid Traveler with Britain Frost. Uh, and it's uh please subscribe to it. It's it's really and I love you. You keep yours to 30 minutes. I can't help myself. We go the hour. I just you know if you gave me two, I'd fill two. But I understand. Uh, I think 30 is a great number. And and your your focus, your content is very interesting. Would you would you leave us with give us a synopsis of one you did recently? Uh, and, and the question was, does cruising have a concrete future? right it's looking ahead from your perspective young coming in uh and so many of us have, have been in this business for so many years can you give us a give us a, a a preview of what you talked about a recap a summary what your thoughts are sure well the title of this podcast i have to just admit this to you all i didn't say anything about it on the episode was a little bit petty because i got an email from a subscriber saying please remove me from your subscription list cruising has no concrete future and so i decided to make this podcast does cruising have a concrete future because the answer in my mind is clearly yes i for a while was worried about how quickly cruising would return. But I was there was never a question in my mind that it would return because I think we saw a lot of people at the very beginning of the pandemic who said, I'll never go on a cruise ship after they saw what happened on these princess ships that got stuck off of the coast of wherever. But the, the reality of the situation is that most of these people who are saying I'll never cruise are people who never cruised to begin with. And so we're not losing people in that way. Most of the people that I know who cruise and most of my subscribers said that they would be ready to sail as soon as they're vaccinated. You know, there are things that come into play. Not everyone wants to be vaccinated. Some people are ready to just get back on ships now, but the people who are cruisers are definitely interested in cruising again. And I think that for a long time, river cruising, I saw a lot of older people. I, I would say that the median age when I started river cruising was probably 65. And now I see couples in their 40s. I see children on board. And maybe I'm still seeing a lot of people in their 60s, 70s, and even 80s. But I am also seeing these young people coming in. And I think that the cruise companies are doing a lot. As we said, Celebrity has made this new class of ships. Uh, Virgin Voyages is delving into cruising. There are plenty of different options for young people and cruise companies. Then you have companies like Holland America Line. When I was on New Staten Dam, I said, what are you doing to attract millennial travelers? And they said nothing. We don't, that's not who we want on board, you know? And so you, you have these, these different things. But as far as COVID is concerned with cruising's future, I think that just like everything else at the beginning of this, I had people saying, oh, you're in a horrible industry at this time. And it's like, now you talk to anyone and you say, oh, well, it's a bad industry at this time because everyone is having hardships. Um, I think cruising got the brunt of it at the beginning, but the cruise lines are ready to come back. And plenty of people sailed this summer. There were river cruise companies who sailed in Germany. Um, once they were, once they locked down again, they had to stop. The river cruise season isn't happening right now anyway. Uh, this is the off season. So we will see river cruises resume in the spring. Silver Sea was chartered by the Saudi Arabian government and used to sail around Saudi Arabia this summer. Uh, sea Dream was able to sail, Uncruise planned to sail, and then had an unfortunate incident that really they thought that they had a COVID outbreak on board. Turned out to be nothing really. But there are definitely there's a lot of protocols in place. The cruise companies are ready and they are absolutely going to be able to move forward and move out of this. There's not a question in my mind. 
Agreed. It's so nice to end on such a positive note. I was saving that up for last because I knew you were going to talk about it with a smile. I knew that that yeah. that you would be nothing but encouraging and optimistic. Uh, and I think we, uh, well, all of our, our attendees right now, all these travel advisors, these are your leadership moments. You've, you've heard me say this before. Consumers are looking at you to answer that same exact question. I just asked Britton, what's what's going to be? What's it going to be? And it's your job, your role, in your heart of hearts, you got to believe in it too, is to have that level of enthusiasm and confidence. Uh, of course, understanding why they're anxious. They have every right to be, and you to be that leadership person to have a, a calming, soothing effect. And all right, let's look at 2022. If you're not ready this year, fine. Let's lock in something for 23, whatever it is. Britton, this has been great. We're getting a lot of very positive comments. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Zakia, for this. Uh, thanks for being here. I really enjoyed having this chat. Yeah, thank you so much. And if anyone had a question that we didn't get to, as I said, feel free to contact me. I am always around. Stuart will link the website so you can find my contact information there. My personal email is just britton.frost at gmail.com. Britton, thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me, Stuart.